Good morning, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and joining me as always is my good friend, Patrick Anderson. We are definitely not hungover at all. <laughs> Couldn't be us. No way. Come no. On now. And <laughs> so, uh, and because we're definitely not hungover, we're really excited to, uh, to uh, recommend some albums. Uh, this is our <laughs> 2022 quarterly report for quarter one. Uh, just kind of in general, before we get into our recommendations here, um, pretty good quarter in my opinion. You know, if, if it yeah, if uh, the rest of the year continues at this pace, I'm gonna have a really hard time leaving some albums off at the end of the year on our uh, top fifties. Um, but God, I mean, there's, I think, I think I counted the other day, and there were at least twenty albums just in the past three months that I could see making my year end plenty of great stuff out there and uh, a few uh, notable highlights among that, uh, which we're going to recommend today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's quite a bit of like high seven, uh, eight territory albums. I feel like from this past quarter. Yeah. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Not every album I've heard this year that I like is, you know, a nine level, 10 level album but uh yeah, there's yeah. there's plenty of good stuff out there for yeah. sure although there was i'm not going to talk about the because we already did the black country new road mm-hmm. that's like yeah that there was also that uh, that came out too so exactly yeah really, really awesome quarter overall i think absolutely awesome quarter and uh since you brought it up just kind of as a uh, a brief uh you know kind of reminder of what we do on these quarterly reports it's just each of us kind of goes one by one, picks out a handful of albums that we've wanted to talk about, uh, but haven't done so on any of our other podcasts. This is strictly a recommendations podcast, so uh, we like every album that's discussed today. And uh, we didn't confer with each other going into the pod, so I have no idea what you're going to recommend. You have no, no idea what I'm going to recommend. We may overlap. We usually don't, but uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, would you like to start or would you like me to start? Ooh, it's always the question. Yeah. Uh, today I'm feeling like I want to start first. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I want first. I want first dibs here. Okay. That's that sounds uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you give these uh, awards as we usually do? Usually, that's yeah, the other I, thing that usually happens is I give them awards and you yeah. do so like on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I am giving them on the spot again, so <laughs> it works out. <laughs> Uh, this is okay. I'll, I'll I'll give this one my uh, my Bandcamp award. Okay. I usually, usually you have that. That's a recurring award that I have. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, meaning uh, you can only find this album on Bandcamp. Yep. Uh, but it's one of the one of the best uh, that I discovered from just doing some Bandcamps listening over the past couple months. Nice. Uh, speed metal, power metal, death metal. I've, I've seen all those yeah. tags on it. Um, <laughs> album by Vortize. Nice. It's called Tienes Que Luchar. This is a fun one. Uh, it's so much fun, yeah. So obviously, um, by the title, you it, it, it's entirely in Spanish. Um, they're a death metal group from Chile. So I don't understand, you know, I, I don't speak Spanish like that, so... I don't understand the lyrics at all, but the just from a production standpoint, at the very least, 
um, without even having to dive into any translations or anything. It's such a fun record. Mm -hmm. Um, You can just tell, like, there's so much passion put into the production. The vocal deliveries are always really engaging and exciting. Um, They bring in a lot of really cool elements, like, uh, like, on the first track, they have a whistle solo, and it's (laughs) something that you don't, it's very unexpected because especially in the world of like death metal, power metal, and any any real sort of metal, like whistling is such a wholesome, <laughs> uh, this wholesome sound and wholesome activity, and uh, to hear it in that context was it, it made me smile a lot. So I think that this is just a real great celebration of like um, how how like triumphant death metal can sound um it's really it's really just a fun engaging project and i i've had so much fun listening to it over the past couple of uh couple of months honestly i don't have too much else to say about it Mm -hmm. um i i think that i think that everybody uh yeah i think that everybody should just check it out and see how they feel um but i've had so much fun with it it's a nice it's a pretty tight album. It's not too long either. It doesn't overstay. Um, it's welcome. I mean, there's a couple of like seven, six minute long tracks, but like I said, um, they all end up having their own instrumental breakaways that just keep things engaging. And um, I think at the very least, it's it's great to just turn on when you want to feel excited about the day and uh, maybe get a little aggression out too you know yeah um yeah this is a a a real fun album uh it's a solid eight out of ten for me very nice yeah i uh i listened to this and uh i had a a great time with it and uh, i should probably go back to it um pretty soon it it, you know it's a colorful record it's uh it's got like a lot of personality to it i it's i i would recommend uh I mean, it's a little outdated sounding in some ways, I guess. Sure. Like if if you're not throwback. into the, uh, I guess, traditional lower fi sound of like death metal, um, it might be a little bit off putting, I guess. But I, I mean, like, I think that they they use so much variety, and you can just tell, like, with the with the choirs and with the the like everything that involved in it it just feels so impassioned i think that it'd be uh you'd have to real really present an argument to me to be like ah totally don't like it right right yeah and uh, as you mentioned this one is uh at least to our knowledge only available on Bandcamp, or at least it's not on like spotify or apple yeah or... i saw a, a link for an apple music uh <laughs> a link to an apple music page but it is not to the same artist, so <laughs> as far as I know, it's not on any streaming services. Yeah, well, and, and we like Bandcamp because we're big fans of uh, Epic Games, is, is what it is. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah, wait for this album to uh, to appear in Fortnite yeah, next, I, uh, next season. <laughs> my, my little uh, character is going to be uh, dabbing along to it or, or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, very good. Um, yeah. My first one... Uh, I us- as I usually begin these quarterly reports is um, <clears throat> this award is just straight up my favorite album of the quarter. Yes, nice. I yeah, love that. Just straight up, like no messing around. Let's just get to it. And it's um, 
Sorry, I'm going to cough real quick, add some suspense. <coughs> Excuse oof, me. Oof. What's it going to be? Yeah, it is uh, Beach House. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, Once, Twice, Melody. Um, nice. God, this is great stuff. I know you love this one. We've talked yeah. about it. Uh, you know, Beach House, for those who don't know, uh, they're uh, now legendary uh, Baltimore-based dream pop duo uh, consisting of uh, vocalist and keyboardist Victoria Legrand and uh, guitarist-keyboardist Alex Scally. Uh, Once, Twice, Melody is their eighth studio album, so they've been in the game uh, for a while. Uh, they are objectively legends now in the uh, dream pop world. <clears throat> and they are... Uh, they're legends in my world too because they've been one of my favorite artists ever since we like really got into music back in you know like 2010 or 2011 or whatever and um <laughs> gosh pardon me uh it definitely doesn't have anything to do with a hangover no it's just uh <laughs> i've been talking for a whole eight minutes here it's, it's <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, no worries. It's, no worries. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not hungover feeling great. Um, but if you were hungover, I would highly recommend this Beach House album because it's uh, very relaxing. Um, every Beach House record that comes out has ended up being one of my favorites from that particular year. And uh, Once, Twice, Melody is no exception to that. Um, one of the first aspects you may notice about the record is that it's 84 minutes in length, uh, which is massive. Uh, especially for a dream pop album. And it was released in a four-chapter structure uh, with each chapter lasting roughly 20 minutes or so. So when I initially listened to this album, I did so a full front to back like I would any other album. Mm -hmm. And then when I took notes for this podcast, I listened to the chapter-by-chapter -chapter experience, and I didn't really see much of a change to my experience in doing mm -hmm. so other than you know, sometimes it's just kind of nice to have a little bit of a break as you're listening to a longer album. But I didn't really pick up on any sort of, like, narrative chapter by chapter. So I, I'm not sure that entirely went over, but um, that, that's, uh, that's like a nitpick that it doesn't even factor yeah. into my rating, really. Um, sonically, this album is Beach House, as we all know and love, uh, but there's some new directions here and there. You know, it's it's comfortably Beach House, but... Uh, they do experiment a little bit. Um, once again, they are royalty in regards to aesthetic and atmosphere. Um, it's honestly pretty easy for me to get lost as I listen to these songs. Or as uh, Philip Sherburn at Pitchfork said, uh, <laughs> you don't listen to once, twice melody. You dissolve into it. <laughs> uh, which is pretty glowing praise for a record that they gave a 7.8, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty close to uh, blue construction paper stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's about, that's in the same category. <laughs> yeah, only only Pitchfork could say that about an album and then still not give it best new music. <laughs> you sit in the digestive fluid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you literally dissolve into this record. Yeah. But it's fine. I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but but he's, I guess he's not really totally wrong. It, this is a very entrancing and captivating album. And uh, I could break down highlight after highlight on this record, but for the sake of time, I'll only mention a few of my favorites. Uh, Superstar is uh, yeah. the rare six-minute song that I gladly put on repeat. It, you know, it's a song that has the instrumental evolution and the, uh, uh, the atmosphere that justifies its length. 
Um, it's in my opinion, it's like S tier myth level beach house. I, mm-hmm. uh, it's a phenomenal song. Uh, the acoustic led uh, sunset is perhaps the most beautiful song on the entire album, uh, which is saying something. And uh, the song "Many Nights" is another beautiful moment. It's a chill-inducing, uh, like lullaby-worthy song late in the track list. Um, so there's a lot of these, like relaxing, beautiful moments. But this album succeeds when it is more propulsive and energetic as well, uh, such as the song "Runaway," which reminded me of like Laurie Anderson or the song New Romance. Um, I like the darker moments on this record, or at least dark by Beach House standards, uh, such as Pink Funeral or Masquerade, or the closing song, uh, Modern Love Stories, which reminds me of David Bowie, uh, like Space Oddity era. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just just a few highlights that I wanted to talk about. Only eight songs that I mentioned just now. (laughs) But that still leaves 10 tracks I didn't talk about. Yeah, right, half the entire record and like you know eight songs that probably last the majority of most dream pop records anyway um but yeah that's 10 songs i didn't talk about uh so there's 18 songs here 84 minutes uh some could argue that once twice melody is bloated and uh long time listeners or even short time listeners of under the scope uh realize that i'm usually the one calling an album bloated or, or too long um but yep, couldn't yeah couldn't come from the swans fan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> we do our song of the year list and there's always one on our playlist that's like 30 minutes yeah i'm like yeah now this is a 45 minute long track but and i'm just like you sink I... it to the last 20 minutes it's really good. and then next on our playlist is like a weekend song that i put on there or something like that. um so yeah, like I guess you could say this album's bloated, but in this case, there's too many songs that I find just undeniable. Uh, the vocals, the instrumentation are a perfect match more or less the entire time. And um, the, the, where this album kind of loses me a little bit, though, is in regards to the lyrics. I don't necessarily listen to Dream Pop for lyricism, per se. I mean, we're talking like Cocteau Twins. I don't even know if there <laughs> yeah. even is lyricism. <laughs> um but given that there are lyrics here, you know, I would prefer that they were more inspired. Uh, you know, there are songs about love and heartbreak, and there are songs about, like, the stars and the sky and the cosmos. It's kind of, like, standard and expected. And uh, occasionally the sonics are a bit standard and expected, if you're familiar with Beach House. Uh, but that's not a huge complaint, in my opinion, because I love standard Beach House. Um Admittedly, this is like a vibes record, but it's a a phenomenal vibes record at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not every single one of the tracks here is amazing, but in general, this album is a masterclass in dream pop. So uh, shout out to Beach House. Uh, This is a a 9 out of 10 for me. Damn, nice work. That is awesome. Thank you. I I do love this album. You get to see them soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to actually piggyback on this. Hey. I thought we might have the same uh th- I thought this one would be one that we would have the same one and I'm okay with re- repeating this one cuz it's that good. Awesome. Let's do um, it. But yeah, I I also just I'm excited to talk about this cuz I get to see them next weekend. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um and I'm glad that it's with this album too cuz this is just this is probably uh, one of my favorite Beach House albums since Bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's yeah i i I was like thinking about this and i'm like it's it's really impressive how they can put out (laughs) essentially the same album Mm -hmm. every time but for some reason this time around i'm like wow beach house more than ever is back and like really (laughs) doing their thing like i feel like i said that with seven also and i still love that album i think that it's it's great but um this one really feels like a callback to earlier beach house and it it both it, it feels like both a um a nostalgic kickback to like uh teen dream um beach house Mm -hmm. and then a big leap forward into like what we can expect from them in the future i think like superstar is the perfect track that encapsulates all of that Mm -hmm. um the melody and everything is like it's it's quintessential beach house but the production on it is like it's not so different obviously we're not like getting i don't know mm-hmm. super dark and <laughs> twisted beach house or anything but it's like different enough and a little bit eerie enough in a lot of ways there's a lot of uh uh yeah like dark tinged instrumentation on this and kind of very strange lyricism at points it feels very surreal um yeah it, it's it's awesome i'm i'm really really happy with how this came out i do agree though that, that like it's a little long. It didn't need mm-hmm. to be 18 tracks, but I'm not really mad about it being that long either because I dissolve into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad way to describe it, honestly, because mm-hmm. it really does feel like you're getting kind of lost in it and uh, around, like, you know, once you hit over and over and sunset, it's like you're you're in just the clouds at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that I think that it's awesome. I I I agreed with pretty much all everything that you're saying about it. Also, but um, I don't know if I'm quite at a nine out of ten on it. Mm. I think I'm like more at an eight. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's got so many good tracks that I could see being. Like Runaway is one of my favorites. Superstar, yes. I think, is the standout and yeah. probably the one that we'll see most. Um, I also love the title track. I think it's such a great yes. way to open up the album too. Yeah, there's just so many good. Like I'm scrolling through the track list right now, and it's just there's so many. Oh yeah, that song's good. Oh, that song's really good too. Yeah. You know? So, uh-huh. uh, like the bells or ESP. Yeah. You know, there's just so many good songs here. Finale is great. Yep. There's yeah. only a couple that I'm, you know, I'm not huge on, like "Hurts to Love," for example, um, or uh, "Only You Know." Those are kind of the two that kind of immediately jump out to me as not on the same plane as the others. But you know, when yeah. you have 18 I think the tracks, bar is really high though. Exactly right. Yeah. I, I mean, if the I mean, some of these songs are going to be like song of the year contenders for me for sure, and uh, Superstar will probably make my list. Uh, that's going to go ahead and just kind of spoil yeah. that but yeah it's it's definitely up there for me too yeah I, I i love this album i think it's like beach house has this unique uh quality to them that like every time i listen to them i'm like ah oh, yeah this is why i got into music in yes. the first place That's like a... they're one of yeah they're one of those groups that like 
just reminds me of like that excitement that you that that uh, you feel whenever it's like early on you're first discovering like I don't know like just like Radiohead or Neutral Milk Hotel or like some mm-hmm. something like that something just a classic entry point. Beach House is one of those bands where you discover them for the first time. Everything they put have put out for the most part in the past few years, especially has been like a great reminder of like, uh, yeah, thanks for sticking it out with us. And yeah. like, here's some, yeah, it, it's, it's, I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, that's a, that's a great point. And I, I was kind of wondering, um, for whatever reason, I, I always love beach house when I listen to beach house. It's, you know, they put out a record. I listened to it. It's one of my favorites of that year. And then, um, they announce a new album and for whatever reason i'm like not that hyped <laughs> you know like they just yeah they i felt just... the same way i was like oh another beach house. okay I'll, beach house I'll, I'll check it out <laughs> yeah they, they like sneak up on me and then i listen to it i'm like oh right this is going to be in my top 10 at the end of the year because of course <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. i felt the exact same way <laughs> i was like oh i've heard this before i know what to expect and yeah. then <laughs> and then like immediately i was like <laughs> oh my god this is amazing yeah by track two i'm like oh this is the fucking best album ever <laughs> yeah so yeah i think it's easy to get like caught up in all this other stuff that's happening and then you like you forget about it you forget how Mm -hmm. great beach has like that simplicity behind them i guess yeah i think it's yeah because it's they're not the young exciting band and we kind of know sonically what to expect so yeah i kind of forget sometimes but uh yeah, the next time a Beach House album comes out, you gotta remind me to be hyped about it. That's <laughs> yeah, it'll take until listening to it, which is probably the right way to. <laughs> uh, all right, so is it back to me then? Yeah, yeah, um, back to you. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, eight out of ten on this one. Very good, very good. Um, so that was just like a regular segment on a on our, one of our pods there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this one, the next two, I'm I'm fairly confident aren't going to overlap with you. Um, this one, the award for this one is a literal award. Uh, I'm uh, giving an artist their flowers, literally. That's the award. The award is flowers. And um, I mean, I'm not literally, literally giving them their flowers. This is a podcast. But I am figuratively, literally giving an artist their flowers, if this makes any sense. Um, and I'm doing so because this artist has expressed on this record multiple times about like wanting to get his flowers why he can still smell them uh you know yes yeah, yeah. so uh this is uh conway the machine uh yes yeah it's called uh, god don't make mistakes is the uh, name of the album uh conway the machine is a rapper from buffalo new york uh he's one of the core members of the griselda collective alongside west side gun and benny the butcher uh who also put out a great record this quarter uh shout out to tana talk for um God Don't Make Mistakes is uh, Conway's second studio album and his Shady Records debut. And, uh, you know, thankfully Eminem doesn't <laughs> make an appearance on this album. <laughs> it's, it's Shady and record label only. Um, and so, yeah. I would have made it a 10 immediately. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's, I, honestly, I, I probably wouldn't recommend this album if Eminem was on it, but here we are. <laughs> um, I say I'm giving Conway his flowers here because while I've praised Benny and Westside on this podcast, I haven't really spent much time praising Conway. Um, never thought he was bad or anything. It just hasn't really uh, clicked with me for a full project until now. And, uh, you know, I, I also say I'm giving him his flowers because it's something... 
he seems to really care about. You know, he wants to be admired while he's still alive. Um, as he says on this album, uh, probably won't get my flowers while I can smell them. It's going to take my untimely demise before they realize I was a legend. It's, it's just one of several topics he's open about on this album. Uh, his vulnerability on here is this album's greatest strength, in my opinion. Uh, he's Conway the Machine, but uh, this album is very human. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, when I wrote that down, I'm like, God, I, I don't even know how to sell this one. This is a really oh, bad I, one. I hope, he, I hope he hears it. <laughs> I, I, I hope no one hears that. I hope everyone's audio cuts out at that moment when I said that. <laughs> um, one of the one of the more prominent topics discussed here is uh, you know something super you know serious and uh, really interesting to hear him uh, talk about, which is. Uh, being a victim of gun violence, uh, which resulted in Bell's palsy that paralyzed part of his face. Mm. And he's really blunt and detailed and varied in how he discusses his Bell's palsy. It isn't just like, man, I have Bell's palsy. Doesn't that suck? You know, he's he really yeah. digs deep on this record about it. Uh, he talks about how people make fun of his appearance, and to him, he's just kind of happy to be alive. <laughs> um you know, on the closing track, he kind of takes a, a what-if approach uh, to his Bell's palsy. You know, like, what if he had different plans that night? Or what if the doctor was right when he said he would be paralyzed from the neck down? Uh, what if he didn't have Bell's palsy? Would he still be, like, as inspiring to his fans? And would there still be murals of him? And it's really kind of a super interesting, like, uh, you know, oh, did this actually help my career in a weird way? You know, I, I love this, like this level of vulnerability and contemplation yeah and, a lot of great self-awareness there too yeah exactly yeah it's super yeah it's just so interesting and uh you know i'll move on to aspects besides the lyricism in a moment but i have to shout out the song uh stressed for being another devastating introspective highlight about it well stress but also uh like depression uh, death and alcoholism it's really a tough listen uh it's like five minutes of just you know you god it's just it's so devastating and um the lyrical approach i've gone on and on about it works well in part because of how conway is actually rapping these lyrics uh, he has a straightforward confident delivery it, it, he doesn't sugarcoat anything i mean this is like a cliche in hip-hop but he he keeps it real you know he's Mm -hmm. There is no BS on this record. Um, his flow and rhyme patterns are on point, too, of course, you know, the, 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 as is with anybody in Griselda. Um, you know, he, he says here, uh, what is it? Uh, he said, you know, talk about my face, but can't sh say shit about my bars. And uh, he's not wrong. I don't have any complaints lyrically. Musically, I enjoy this album for the most part. Um, the production is mostly dark and grimy and occasionally soulful, as one would expect on a Griselda project. Um, the production is mostly handled by uh, producers such as Derringer, uh, Hitboy, Justice League, and of course our boy The Alchemist, who is on an absolute tear right now. Um, but this is kind of yes. where I start to have a couple of complaints, uh, kind of the, you know, the sonics of the record. Uh, the hooks are generally pretty weak, in my opinion, often due to kind of the laziness of the hook or just due to it being kind of a bad fit. Um, 
the features are hit or miss. You know, some of the more notable names here are Lil Wayne, Rick Ross, uh, Jill Scott, T.I. But some of my favorite features are kind of the lesser known names uh, on this record. You know, I really liked, uh, say, Jay Skies and Love the Genius on drum work. Uh, Beanie Siegel, I think, is a brilliant inclusion on the album's opener, as he is also a victim of gun violence, and his performance on the mic has also been affected by that. And uh, of course, I have to shout out John Woo Flick, the obligatory track that has Conway, Benny, and Westside all on the same track. It's always a treat when they collab, always a must listen. So I think there are some clear strengths on this album, and I think there are a few notable weaknesses. Um, but overall, I'd say, yeah, God Don't Make Mistakes is uh, pretty great stuff. So uh, shout out to Conway. Uh, this is an 8 out of 10 for me. Pretty solid, comfortably and nice. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. That that uh Griselda uh collective is like going crazy over the past few years. It's insane. It's, A ton yeah. of output and it's all good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's so weird. Like they, they just kind of came out of nowhere and all of a sudden we're like, yeah, this is all of these artists are some of the best hip hop artists out there right now. <laughs> yeah, like if I were to make like a top 15 or whatever, I think Benny West sided Conway would all make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It, it I love it because it's also um, they all have their such a unique uh, and distinct sound from each other. Mm-hmm. Even though they're they're similar in their own ways, so you can do the whole like ah oh, like uh, I'm like you can you can kind of be like I like West Side better. I like Benny better. Like and have like a discussion about that. Yeah, it's not like. Uh like outcast or clips where like no offense but there's clearly a better one yeah. of the two yeah. you know and some people would disagree with that but you know i think pretty comfortably but yeah. this one it's like they're similar enough to where if you like one you're probably going to like all three of them but mm-hmm. they are distinct enough for you to prefer one over the others um yeah i don't know it's like some healthy like competition like kind of thing yeah and and it's weird not uh, on the benny album on the uh, what a tyson versus ali he kind of talks about like people comparing him to conway and west side and his perspective on that is just kind of like hey if we're all getting money you know that's great and he acknowledges like well i'm the star of the group but conway has the best lyrics and west side is kind of the visionary so you know it, it's kind of cool that they understand their dynamic you gotta love that yeah yeah it's really cool um I mean, I'm. I, I don't know. Not. I guess I prefer West Side of the Three. Just kind of off top. But, yeah. Uh, nice. I was gonna say. I think I'm. I'm a West Side fan too. But this Conway album, I. I really yeah. enjoyed it too. Yeah. So. It's. It's so. Uh, it's so good. Any of these three could be my favorite, really, on any given day. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That's. Uh. That's. That for that. Nice. <laughs> I just said nice. something that made no sense. <laughs> I'm not hungover. <laughs> I just said that's that, that for that. That for that is a great <laughs> way to end this. <laughs> that's that for that. Wow. I, that's, uh, a, that's how we're going to end our podcast. All I, right. That's that for that. <laughs> I am so excited for this nap later, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess each of us has one more, right? This is how we always need to be doing <laughs> We actually schedule our podcasts like the day after we go out or whatever. That's true. And we, we usually do them on a Sunday, so it's always the risk. Of- <laughs> Sunday morning, yeah. We're-, <laughs> we're like, yeah, we'll be fine. 9 a.m., like. Yeah, we'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> that's no problem. 
and uh, and yet here we are. <laughs> so, oh God. Oh man. Good All right. Stuff. Well, um, nice pick. Love the Conway pick. Thank you. Uh, next, this this one I have is actually um, a very recent pick. Love it. Yeah. So I, but it's just like. I could tell that it's so good and I like it so much already that I, I wanted to just highlight it and talk about it. But yeah, really it was released on the 25th. So mm. that's what just like yeah, a last, week ago. Yeah. About. Right. Yeah. Like nine days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's so good. Uh, the soul, the soul glow album, <sighs> the Aspera albums. Yeah, dude. I've, uh, I've been meaning to check this one out. I, it's coming up for me this week. Um, yeah god i've seen yeah. some great stuff <laughs> it's so good it's uh, the the instrumentation on it and the like and the vocals and the whole performance is absolutely just it's so mind-melting and exciting and also terrifying um and and engaging it's it, you can just feel the passion and the pain and excitement and, and behind it um the lyricism on here is like very shocking in a lot of ways mm. and politically charged um socially and politically charged but it there's so many like great insightful moments too um and very poetic moments too but it's the, it it always retains this extremely hardcore punk energy to it that just makes me feel like I I feel like my brain is lighting up in a lot of different ways where I'm like <laughs> feeling really engaged and excited and and uh, and and inspired by the instrumentation the, the excitement but I don't lose out on any of the intelligent lyricism either so I'm, it's it's just such an exciting album to listen to for that um yeah and then so the energy is just spectacular and then on the back half of it it cuts out to having some really like thoughtful and beautiful tracks like five years in my family Hmm. um which dives really deep into like depression and panic attacks and um your own relationship with your family and like expectations it's like i mean each track touches on similar things like self-hatred and uh, in in different ways but there's a few tracks on here that dive into it in such a deep way um and give genuine like love and thanks to people that have supported them over the years it's like uh it's it's such a it's such a great effort and comes off in such a kind and thoughtful way that like it it's it there's no ego involved in here at all it's it's such a pure punk record i'm i've really been loving it i haven't had that much time with it obviously Mm -hmm. um but it's uh it's it's just been it's been killing it's been (laughs) it's killing it's It's killing it's killing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's been so good yeah i think uh the the first track gold chain punk parentheses who gonna beat my ass (laughs) sorry i was not expecting that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that and jump uh parentheses or get jumped parentheses parentheses <laughs> by the future okay <laughs> um 
those two tracks i think are spectacular and good standouts and possible uh, picks for like best tracks of the year later Ooh, on okay um but front to back on here it's just such a thr- just such a thrilling album um and i've had a great time with it um yeah it just very solid another eight out of ten for me very nice yeah i'm, I'm so excited to check this one out because it's uh it's got the the holy trinity. Uh, it's got the pitchfork best new music. It's got the Fantano yep. nine, and it's got uh, uh, like rate your music is loving it too. So it's a uh, yeah. Um, I could see it. I could see it jumping up. Um, I I was hesitant to talk about it on here, um, but I was like, oh, I'm not gonna have a chance to talk about it on Q two. So right. Right. Um, Unless you yeah. cheat, which we do sometimes, <laughs> or yeah, I do. do, I do. What if I what if I still talk about on Q two? I'm probably going to talk about Beach House again on Q two. Yeah, I think. there we go. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great pick. Um, so excited to check that one out. My uh, my last one is also punk, uh, though seemingly much different uh, than Soul Glow. I the award I put for this one is uh, sonically safe British post punk can be great too. And <laughs> and uh, this is a yard act with uh, the, the overload. Yeah, I don't know if you've checked this one out yet, but it came, I don't think I have. Yeah, it came out in January. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was well received. I wouldn't say it's going to be anybody's like album of the year or anything, but you know, pretty well received. Uh, a lot of hype behind it, given that it's their debut. Uh, so yeah, Yard Act is a Leeds-based British post-punk band uh, fronted by James Smith. The Overload is their debut. Uh, and, you know, I say, okay, this, like, sonically safe British post-punk. Lately, you know, I've talked about post-punk on this podcast. It's been in regards to the windmill scene, you know, and acts mm-hmm. such as Black Midi or Squid or Black Country New Road. And as such, I often view post-punk bands as either bands who are currently making exciting, experimental, genre-bending music, or bands who are just trying to make a New Order record for, like, the millionth <laughs> time. And uh, Yard Act is an example of a British post-punk band who plays it pretty safe sonically, but makes compelling music anyway. Um, musically, uh, they've been compared to The Fall. Uh, I'll lose credibility here, uh, but I've never actually listened to The Fall, so I can't comment on that. Mm-hmm. I would say that Yard Act reminds me of Arctic Monkeys, which admittedly is not the greatest <laughs> sell I've ever had. I'm, yeah. I'm not exactly a huge fan of the Arctic Monkeys, but yeah, the the overload is like a popular approach to post-punk. The hooks are usually pretty great. Uh, the percussion choices are occasionally interesting. There is very slight like LCD dance rock going on here and nice. there, uh, but in general... I wish this record was a little more instrumentally ambitious, but um, like the Conway album, my biggest take, this is the only comparison that it has to the Conway album, but uh, <laughs> my biggest takeaway here is the lyrical content, once again. Um, lyrics aren't often a huge takeaway when I listen to rock records, but uh, mm-hmm. this is an exception. Uh, I'll give some specific examples, uh, arguably too many. I'm going to be reading a lot of lyrics here. Uh, but in general, they use like dark humor, uh, characters, storytelling, and like different perspectives to comment on uh, many societal issues, but most notably wealth. Uh, there's like several tracks dedicated to, you know, like wealth, gap, capitalism, all of that. Uh, the content is good, but so were the lyrics themselves specifically. Uh, 
the song The Incident, for example, is a song about a topic I'm particularly interested in and have been for a while. It's about this like greedy CEO uh, whose greed is fueled by comparing themselves to others and by like an insecure desire to be relevant. Um, you know, there's some standout lyrics here. Uh, if I'm not on the receiving end of never-ending compliments, my thinking implement is bound to be in a constant state of discontent. Uh, had a hundred youngsters under my guidance at any one time, willing to learn, eager to please, and salaried with the implicit threat of instant dismissal. I'm hell-bent on expanding my heaven-sent empire ethically, but not at my own expense. Um, so there's some, like, kind of, little, yeah, a little, like, tongue-in-cheek, uh, yeah. but also really good commentary. A lot of the lyrics on this record have this sort of, like, mocking tone. Um, I like the song Rich, which is about a person who is opposed to capitalism until they become rich themselves, and their <laughs> perspective starts to change a little bit. Um Man, two more poor dead kids in a ditch. I fucking love being rich. You can't pin oh, that on me. <laughs> so, oh my god, that is brutal. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty out there. Um, so in general, there's plenty of socio political commentary on the album, but I love a couple of tracks toward the end of the record that comment on more like existential themes. Uh, Tall poppies is a highlight for many uh, because it's like this six minute song that is told like a story. It's about this handsome boy, handsome man who is very good at football or soccer. This is a British album and uh, probably could have had like a pro career, but instead he uh, kind of settles. He stays in his small town. He ends up marrying like the first girl he fell in love with. He eventually dies. This song kind of has like an unexpected PSA about getting yourself checked regularly by your physician, uh, but it's mostly provoking thought about like, is it better to use your life to chase ambitions and, you know, go for the golden goose? Or is it better to settle into something kind of safe and, and decent? And that can open up a whole different podcast. Um, yeah. So much of the lyrical content on this record, whether it's about that or about wealth or about fake news or, or whatever, it's bleak. Um, but the closure, 100% uh, endurance, is somewhat of an exception to that. It. It's, it's actually pretty beautiful. It discusses the pointlessness of life and how that's actually beautiful and humbling in its own way. Um, he says, and when you're gone, it brings me peace of mind to know that this will all just carry on with someone else. Um, it's also about how life wow. may not actually be pointless because we feel that our lives have meaning and as such, that alone arguably gives it meaning. Uh, so th this song contains one of the most positive lyrics on the entire record, one of the only positive lyrics on this record. Uh, grab somebody that you love, grab anyone who needs to hear it, and shake them by the shoulders, scream in their face. Death is coming for us all, but not today. Give it everything you've got, knowing that you can't take it with you, and all you ever needed to exist has always been within you. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't want to spoil how the song ends, but even in kind of like a heartfelt moment like that, they uh they throw a curveball, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to kind of you know kind of kick the chair out from under you. Um, I don't fully understand all the lyrics on this album. It, you may have picked up on like some uh, particular like really intelligent big word language in some of these lyrics, and I'm yeah. still trying yeah. to decipher some of that. Um, some English major stuff. Exactly, exactly. British major yeah. stuff in this case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, part of the fun uh, of this record has been trying to decipher those lyrics. And so the strong lyrical approach and the standard instrumental palette kind of gives this album a high floor but a low ceiling. Um, 
The Overload is a fun and thought-provoking album that is held back by mostly plain instrumentation, even if I enjoy it. Uh, I was going to say, <sighs> until I saw this joke on a Fantano video, and it's good that I did, because I was going to make it my own, but I was going to say, this is a great debut, and it'll be a yard act to follow. Is uh, what <laughs> I was going. I was going to say that until I saw that, and yeah, uh, now I can. You didn't say it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can just pin that joke on the uh, Fantano commenter. Um, I uh, yeah, it's not the, not the best joke in the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, did I even give my rating? Uh, eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> this is a chaotic podcast. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, Man, I, yeah, I, I gotta check this one out. That sounds fantastic. It's yeah. really, it's really cool. And you know, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of this kind of uh, Arctic Monkeys esque you know, Brit pop esque. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is pretty unique in its own way, and it stands out amongst other like post punk records coming out because it's not. It's not uh, Black Midi, but it's also not, uh, you know, I could name like a billion bands that are just doing, you know, bass riff stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's weird. It feels like there's a real comeback here for for that, uh, especially like Brit post-punk, like yeah. you're saying. It's, I feel it, like there's a real comeback, especially in quality, over the past few years. I agree, because like when we first started this podcast, I kept trying to get into it, and that's... That was kind of the mid-2010s was kind of a rough time. And then I, I would yeah. say Idols is kind of maybe the first band that kind of swung me around to, like, actually checking out more of this post-punk. and Yeah. So, I don't know. It's uh, But I think you're on to something. I, it's definitely like, if someone tells me, hey, there's a good new British post-punk record out, I'll probably check it out at this point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I thought Rock was dead. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, very good stuff. And uh, that'll do it uh, nice. for yeah. our podcast today. Uh Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next time with our probably our usual format, you know, kind of just taking three records. Uh, we'll see what we want to talk about. But uh, I do know that uh, our boy Papa John Misty is coming out on a, mm-hmm. on Friday, so that, that may be one to check out. We'll throw a couple others in there, maybe Denzel, maybe not. We'll see. We're still figuring we got, this stuff out. We got out. some options. We have options. We have plenty of options. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Maybe Rex Orange County. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> yes. I could go for hours. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's a <laughs> no. fine, but there is nothing to say about it. This is <laughs> exactly what you expect. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. All right, anyway, thanks for joining me, Pat. And uh, yep. thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.